anyone who has a wallet can own real estate in their wallet. That's literally real estate in my wallet. California, uh, there it is. Yes, in Santa Cruz. At the same time, since it's a standard NFT, you can trade it on OpenSea, Coinbase NFT or Rarible or whatever you want. Or you can do more advanced things. We don't even know what people will build or what mashup of different technologies and, and, and protocols will be used to, to create a new application. That's the power of it. So we bring in this primitive and basically are, we are telling to the crypto world, we're bringing you real estate. Do something crazy with it, yeah. within reason, and we will build together incredible applications. Welcome to another episode of the Web3 Experience. My guest today is Fede Pomi. CEO of Fabrica, a blockchain and NFT startup that aims to turn real properties into digital assets or NFTs, making real estate programmable. And nope, we're not talking about virtual real estate or the metaverse at all here. This is real physical land on earth that you can own and go visit or even build a house and live on. Fabrica's investors include Mark Cuban, Ashton Kutcher, OpenSea, Urban Innovation Fund, Zane Jafar, Atypical Ventures, and Techstars, to name a few. Fabrica's vision is to provide development tools and infrastructure where anyone can build Web3 applications on top of Fabrica's platform to help digitize real estate and improve transactions. That being said, thank you for joining the Web3 Experience podcast. Please enjoy my conversation with Fede Pomi. Fede, thank you so much for jumping onto the podcast to get started. Would love to hear your story and where Fabrica came into the picture for you and how Fabrica got started. Thank you. And first of all, thank you for, for having me on the, on the podcast. I'm excited. So uh, I'm Fede, uh, I'm from Italy, clearly, and I'm the CEO and founder of, of Fabrica. Um, Fabrica basically uh, was born uh, four years ago. And um, the reason, the main reason why we started focusing on what we do is that I bought a house here in San Francisco and I went through the process of transferring titles. So as an immigrant, I was kind of like surprised. I was coming from Italy where things are not very well organized for many reasons. It's well known for, for many things, but not for being uh, well organized. And coming to Silicon Valley, it was, so San Francisco was expecting a beautiful experience in terms of like, oh yeah, you go there, you will do something on a computer and the house is yours and like, it's going to be magical. And the reality was very far from that. It is a world made of, built on, on paper, paper foundation. So you use fingerprints, notaries, um, deeds, county recorders, county records, title insurance. This is, it looked very complex, complicated and expensive. And that's how I started looking into it and say, well, on, hold on a second. As a tech guy, I was into crypto pretty early. And I was like, that's the, now I see the two things coming together. I understand why a good, digital ledger can be a solution for all that. And that's basically how we started working on this problem. Wow. So four years ago, were you building the company four years ago, or did you kind of start building product later on down the road? So the company was actually started by a, a good friend of mine, and I joined right. the team there, and then eventually became the, the CEO myself. Oh, great. Uh, at the beginning, it had a, a wider vision and mission. It was more about like building the cities of the future, which is beautiful but at the same time it's you need to start somewhere and while we were doing different experiments and looking at uh, different problems with how 
things happening and are built in the real world, we notice that every single project that we encounter sooner or later would encounter the title and had to work with title and how that was such a showstopper in many circumstances or add a lot of friction to any company that you would want to build in terms of uh, real estate. When I think about four years ago, I think, okay, that's 2018 timeframe. That was a pretty big bear market cycle from what <laughs> I remember, right? <laughs> so this company was founded in the middle of the last cryptocurrency bear market. It was, yes. So the NFT standard ERC-721, if I'm not mistaken, was built around that time. How did the previous CEO or yourself end up thinking to use ERC-721 or NFTs, cryptocurrency, in the title real estate process? Was there some kind of magic moment where you just clicked, we can use this technology? So there are two things there. One is the NFT and the second one is the trust. And I'll get into the detail of what the trust is. But from an NFT standpoint, uh, I was playing with smart contracts in 2018 and ERC-20 were like clearly out there and yeah. they were starting to write. There was a draft of the ERC-721. So it was right in the middle of the CryptoKitties uh, explosion. Right. And while I was playing ERC-20, and associated to real estate, I started thinking, well, actually, it's better to map it to something like an NFT. And so we adopted ERC-721 super early on, so early on that the draft wasn't yet, it was still a draft. And our, our first version of the smart contract actually had to be eventually up, upgraded, updated to uh, use the latest standard. Because when we started minting NFTs for real estate, uh, for real land, uh, the standard wasn't in place there. So we were that early. And it wasn't cool to say the word NFT. We wouldn't use it like ever, like not pitching an investor, not with customers, nothing. So we kept it very well under the hood. That's You bring up an interesting point because your website is unique in that you don't mention NFTs or blockchain at all. And Mike Garland was actually talking about this on the podcast, how the product you've built is just a better product and it's it uses nfts blockchain on the back end but you don't need to mention it really on your website right because who's your target customer real estate professionals so is that intentional or how do you kind of think about whether or not to mention nfts on the fabrica.land website it is and it was very intentional the idea there was we are building something that clearly NFTs are a good use. It's, it's a good technology to use for this problem. But the reality, especially in 2019, when we uh, launched our first version of a product, we needed customers, we needed real people using it. And you couldn't go in 2019 to land professionals, people who buy and sell plots of land pitching NFTs or the blockchain. They, 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 don't, they didn't care. And most of them still don't care. So what they wanted, what they had was a pain, the pain of performing transactions, managing payments for their real estate property. How, how can, so the, the, the way to approach them was not about like, yeah, we have this cool decentralized blockchain da, da, da thing. We, <laughs> we would have lost them like before the first call. Right. It was more about like, you suffer a big pain. You suffer from the pain of a transaction. We enable real estate transactions online that you can do 
by yourself within minutes. Wow. And that's how we got their attention. Yeah. And and how we started onboarding the first properties, the first customers who started performing transactions and so on. And they didn't know what they were doing in a sense in real in reality under the hood. They, they understood the concept of the trust and how we we managed the title, but they didn't realize that under the hood we were using NFTs to transfer their properties, which is something that now they can see on OpenSea. And they're like, what? Really? And they are like surprised because many of them have then married like the crypto ecosystem and are crypto investors and so on. And when they realize that they've been holding NFTs of their land properties, they're like super excited about it. Wow. I wonder if we're going to reach a point where people are going to OpenSea or a similar NFT marketplace to look for properties instead of like Zillow, Redfin. I think that eventually we get to a point where you will buy and sell real estate through marketplaces online. Right. You already can do it in a sense. With Even with Web2 application, you don't need to go into Web3. I think that Zillow of the future will allow you to buy real estate that way. Yes. I think it will be associated to the ownership on-chain eventually. Yes. When is that going to happen? That's a different question, and I don't have a good answer for it. So uh, I think it will take quite some time. At the same time, keep in mind that you can experiment with that already. You can go on OpenSea right now. We have properties for sale. You can go on OpenSea and literally click on buy, and you'll become the owner of a plot of land in like, what, 30 seconds? So it is doable. It is real, and it's real land. And how do you think this may change the jobs of real estate professionals? I think if you look at the value chain of real estate professional and how many people you have involved in a transaction, and keep in mind we are talking just about the transactions. There's more than transactions, but let's focus on a transaction. So you're buying a plot of land or a a house from me. Today you use... um, a real estate broker on the on the seller side, real estate agent. On the buyer side, you have the broker firm and the agent. Then you have a title company. Then you have the lender involved. Then you have the appraisal. You have so many players involved in a transaction and each one of them solves a slice of a problem to enable the transaction. Okay. At the same time, each one of them extract clearly some value out of the transaction. So roughly it is up to 10% in aggregate. So like if you sell a house for $1 million, in reality, the seller gets 900K. That's like, let's say between five and 10% depends. Many of these players bring in a lot of value in the transaction. So even if it sounds like counterintuitive with what most people will say and think about the blockchain, I think that there will still be a very strong role for a real estate agent. Buying a house, it is an important investment for most people and they need guidance. So the role of a real estate agent there, it's, it's very important. I don't think that we will see any real estate marketplace take away the role for real estate agents. It will on some transactions and it will be more and more transactions over time. But I think the value of real estate agent is going to be there for a long time. There are other middlemen or intermediaries that you use in a transaction where I see less value brought to the table. So if you look at title companies or notaries or so on, uh, they all had a, a lot of sense to exist when we were using different technologies to perform transactions. Now those 
roles can be substituted by better, well-designed, more modern systems. And on the topic of title insurance, what kind of role might that play in a future world where NFTs are used on-chain? Title insurance has allowed real estate to function very well in the U.S. And I think it has had an incredible role to establish some certainty around titles so that you can trust the transaction and lenders can trust the fact that you own a property and the value of that property. Is it something that is strictly required? Yes and no. It's something that exists basically only in the U.S. The rest of the world doesn't use a title insurance. They have a different setup for titles. So title insurance is not needed at all. Can I imagine a future where title insurance is less relevant? For sure. I think title insurance and underwriter will have a role to establish the past history of a title and make sure that what comes from the legacy model is well-determined and brought onto a digital format that is safe and people can trust. From that point on in time, I think title insurance will become less and less relevant. So they will have to adjust their business model accordingly. So the data migration effectively from paper forms at the county tax record or, or, or county, wherever they keep the records, all of that data some way will need to be made into NFTs and put on chain. Title insurance could play a role in doing some of that, perhaps. Correct. I think at least they are like the players at the moment, but they have the best assets and capabilities to give you a very good uh, picture of what a property is and the past history. And that's what you want to use today. Yeah, because if I'm buying a piece of land or a home, I don't want there to be any risk that there's a potential lien or a claim to that property by another party. So that definitely gives the assurance to the buyer. If NFTs and blockchain can do that, that effectively automates that whole process. How is title insurance or how is that assurance process that there's not an outstanding loan done, say, in Italy or other places in the world? Ah, I want to use Italy as an example for the reasons (laughs) above. So each country basically has its own approach to managing titles. So if you look at in Australia, where Stuart is from, they use the Torrance uh, system, Torrance title. Uh, in uh, in Austria, they use the Grunbuch. In the UK, they have a land registry. In the US, we use county recorders. So it's by county and it's a recording. It's not a registry. There's a massive, massive difference between the concept of recording something and the concept of a registry. Okay. A registry is like the DMV. You go to the DMV, they have your name, your the VIN of your car and the person that owns it. And the DMV will say, whatever we have on file, it's the actual ownership. There's no way around it. So uh, the registry system is what you have, for example, in Australia, in, in Austria, and, and in the UK. And it's very powerful since you get that assurance and certainty directly from uh, the local municipality or the state. The recording system that we use in the US is very different. You record documents that are deeds that transfers ownership from one person to another. Okay. The recorder, though, doesn't, doesn't express their opinion or about ownership. So what they will tell you is like, these are the 10 docs, the 10 PDFs that I have 
from the past deeds, and there could be anything that did. Some of those deeds might be fraudulent, some of those deeds might be inaccurate, or there might be errors or anything. They, they literally are like a database. They take something, they store it, and that's it. And then it's public so people can review all the history of title. Okay. So the fact that a property is in your name at a counter recorder doesn't mean that you actually own it, which is what makes it so incredible and risky. And that's why title insurance. So title insurance covers you from that risk. Okay. Now that, thank you for running through that. And that's a, that's the best pitch for a title insurance company. So I'm basically pitching <laughs> our supposed competitors. I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love it. Very cool. Very interesting. Wow. Okay. So we use, you would call it a recording system in the U S versus a registry. Yes. Correct. Got it. Do you have a time frame estimate for when you think certain counties will start transitioning to being NFT based or blockchain based? Do you think it's going to happen on a county by county basis? Or do you think there's going to be companies like Fabrica that come mm-hmm. in and just mm-hmm. take care of it and the county maybe will serve a different role? Both things. So people have tried with some pilot or experiments with counties and bringing deeds on chain, but these are like kind of isolated experiments i would say and once we have a county that has done an experiment you have like three thousand more counties to convince it took them forever to get to e-recording and using like a standard format for just storing the document imagine like something like as revolutionary as bringing deed on chain so i don't think it's something that's going to happen soon from that perspective and that's the reason why we do it in a different way the way we do it is that we retrofit the existing system so we don't ask counties to change their platform or software or nothing what we do is that we use uh, the these legal instruments called trust so that these are trust instruments that we design customly wow. that hold the title so Every property on our platform is held into a trust that is recorded at a county. From a county perspective, what they see is a normal trust. So the property is owned by a specific trust. And they don't have to understand or look into what's behind the trust. Behind the trust, there's a trust agreement that states that whoever is in possession of a specific NFT is the owner and beneficiary of the trust. So effectively, we bridge the legacy system, the traditional model, through using a, a normal legal instrument connected on chain. And that way we have digitized, so to speak, over uh, almost 300 properties uh, across several states and perform like over 200 transactions already. 300 properties. That's exciting. And <laughs> I noticed on the Fabrica website that, you know, you guys have properties all over the U.S., Today, it's centered around land, vacant mm-hmm. land, often in rural areas. Interesting market segment to pick. Can you maybe run us through you know, that market for rural vacant land? What is that industry like? And why did you decide to pick uh, raw land as your first market segment for Fabrica? Yeah, absolutely. So we started in California and then we expanded to four states. So we're California, Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado. And recently, we got licensed in over 30 states uh, as a title agency, escrow company, or real estate broker in some cases. And the decision to start from land was 
pretty much linked to our first experiments. We said, well, you know what? Maybe we don't have to start with houses in San Francisco. There's so many people involved in a in a transaction. It's your house. You, you don't really want to put as the first thing like your own home on chain. We get to that, but not yet. Let's start with something smaller, simpler, easier, where we can experiment, learn, and improve and do many more transactions. So we started working with small plots of land in remote places. The first properties that we handled were like worth $5,000, the whole property. So very, very inexpensive to put it nicely. And then over time, we expanded and performed more and more transactions. We learned a lot and we started working with more and more valuable properties. So we, we now handle transactions that are like up to 100K per property. And we discovered this way a, a segment of a market, as you were saying, that is super interesting. When we talk about real estate, we always think about residential or commercial. The reality is that worldwide, if you look at the, the asset class of real estate, which is like 330 trillion US dollars in value, that's the global real estate asset class. More than half of it, it is land. So if you sum residential, all the residential properties existing out there, and you sum uh, and you add commercial buildings to that, the two together are less valuable than raw land. That, and that's that is the value, not in terms of number of parcels. Correct. In terms of value. In terms of value. Yes. So that first is like a, quite a quite an insight, like you shouldn't underestimate land. And second, the fact that those are like simpler properties since you don't have a, a building on it. It makes it easier to do experiments and experiment with, with in different counties. And that's what we, we have done. And there are com companies out there that do buy and sell plots of land all the time. And they do it like almost high frequency trading, as like Mike said from, from, from the other podcast. Right. I love that, that segment. Uh, so they do buy properties and they resell it for a profit very, very fast, like constantly. And they do it with several properties. So that was like the perfect candidate. Those were the perfect candidates as first adopt early adopters of our uh, system that allows you them to, to do transaction in a much faster and easier way than through the traditional legacy model. Very interesting and exciting too, to see that you can bring this technology to people that are already doing maybe if you want to call it high frequency trading of land, but I see properties for sale in Fabrica that I think would be cool to own. So maybe I'll have <laughs> to go pick one up <laughs> in Arizona. Go ahead. I mean, so. <laughs> do it. You can do it live. Come on, yeah. buy a property and do it. Go yeah. on open sea, share your screen and buy a property. On but open. that, believe it or not, that actually happened where I was pitching a a, a VC fund mm -hmm. and the the. The partner there was like, come on, that cannot be real. And I told him, look, go there and click on buy now. And he did. So I was basically pitching this VC like 30 minutes and he bought a plot of land uh, during the call, which was super cool. That is so cool. And he walks away from the call now owning some land that he Yeah, can right. But he didn't invest in the company though. That was like, <laughs> that was so something was wrong there. I mean, that's funny. We need to improve the, the conversion rate. Or maybe he spent all of his money on the on the plot of land. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's actually a really funny story. I love that. Um, how have your investors helped you 
uh, I saw on your, the document you shared with me a list of investors um, from a venture, venture capital perspective. Mm -hmm. What value have they provided? Has it been helpful to you? Uh, how do you think about fundraising? Yeah, good question. I think that there are different kinds of investors and we try to bring in uh, investors that have different perspectives on what we do. Since at the end of the day, our company is not just a crypto company or a tech company, but there's a massive legal um, reg tech, you would say, like highly regulated space that we tap into. So we work with the Board of Equalization of California. We work with regulated, we, we work with so many entities and, and that's very, very complex. So you need a different skill set than a dating app, sort of like business or software as a service. So we talked we, with several different investors, both in the crypto space, fintech, and uh, real estate. And I think our cap table is a good representation of people coming from different backgrounds. So we have investors that we call and jump on calls and discuss like the trust instrument and the legal aspect of what we do. And there are other investors who we, with whom we talk more about like the technology or uh, the business model and how to grow and so on, which is more traditional uh, approach, I would say. And sometimes you get incredible help from smaller investors. So we have some angel investors who are extremely helpful. And, and I think that's very important to consider also when you fundraise. So it's not just the amount of money that an investor can write, but really is that single sentence of, or advice that an investor can give you that can change everything. Because they've been through it with other companies or as industry yeah. experts, if it's from yeah, or themselves as like as entrepreneurs and and so on. Uh, yeah, and then we also have like some fancy name which is always good and like to use. So we have like OpenSea has invested in in us. Mark Cuban has invested. Um, Ashton Catcher with some ventures. So these are like it, it's always good. Clearly, they they, they bring a lot of. Um, help on the marketing side and and some of them are very active like OpenSea they, they have helped us with many things mark himself has given me great advice on 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 marketing and other ideas and so on so they're like not just names are very very helpful and some ventures like ashton uh, fund is super active in, in the crypto space uh maria the partner that we work with is is incredible for example well yeah. it sounds like you're off to an exciting start and you mentioned on another podcast that an architect that had designed <laughs> hypothetically speaking right that had designed a building or a home could own a piece of equity in that piece of property in perpetuity so then they're sort of incentivized to do a really good job they own a piece of this every time it's either sold or moved in some way they would yeah, maintain equity the same way you own shares in a stock or in a company. Would love to hear you talk a little bit more about that. What are the implications of that type of model and what NFTs can bring to this type of model and any other exciting stuff like that you can share? I'd love to hear about it. So let me be very, very clear. That's like pretty far in the future, uh, crazy idea that I described in a podcast, <laughs> but we get there. I think that the, the key point is that to bring real estate in a new era, you really need to have something that can be used in a natively digital way. So as a primitive, a digital primitive that you, you can plug in into other 
uh, applications or other protocols. So it's the concept of composability that you have in the crypto space, which I think is very powerful. Okay. And NFT are a great way to do so. So since we use a standard the NFT, you can take one of our one of the properties that we represent as NFT on chain and use them within other applications. So I literally do have um, real estate in my wallet. Let me open my rainbow wallet. That's my rainbow wallet. And, and you can see that I have like a plot of land here. Wow. So you can there see the is. plot of land. That's literally real estate in my wallet. <laughs> California, uh, there it is. Yes, yeah. in Santa Cruz. So we didn't have to do anything with the wallet provider, of course. It's a standard NFT. So all of a sudden, anyone who has a wallet can own real estate in their wallet, which is wow. pretty impressive. At the same time, since it's a standard NFT, you can trade it on OpenSea or you can take it and trade it on a new marketplace like on Coinbase NFT or Rarible or whatever you want. Or you can do more advanced things. So you can take the NFT, use it as a collateral on NFTFI or uh, JPEG or any other um, application, NFT application that allows you to use the NFT in a, in a new way. We don't even know what people will build or what mashup of different technologies and, and, and protocols will be used to, to create a new application. That's the power of it. So we bring in this primitive and basically we're telling to the crypto world, we're bringing you real estate. Do something crazy with it, yeah. within reason, and we will build together incredible applications. Long, long term in the future, I, I think that the concept of ownership will become more and more programmable, as I like to say. So it's programmable real estate. At the same time, you can imagine like the cap table of that property to be uh, split or uh, or divided into different shares. So that's something that you could do in a traditional model, of course, through shares in an LLC that owns the property, for example. But I think it's even more powerful when you do it directly natively on chain. So you can enable fractional ownership. And fractional ownership means many of the applications that you see nowadays of like invest together in real estate or in, in slices of real estate. It's one of the things that we will power. At the same time, I think that there are more future like use cases where you can imagine like paying someone with a slice of your house, for example. And the architect, I think, is a very good example. Like well, I, I remodeled my house here in San Francisco and it would have been extremely cool if I could say, hey, you know what? I'm I'm going to pay you with like a certain amount in cash and a piece of it is going to be in equity in my house so that they have a direct incentive in like doing a very good job so that when I will eventually sell my house, they will see the, their, their, the value of being appreciated. No? And I think that's, these are interesting ideas that I hope people will experiment with using our platform. I love thinking about those exciting use cases, exciting applications of NFTs and blockchain, because I think that's when it really becomes less about the technology, more about people that just get value from this and can solve problems in their own lives in a better way. So on the topic of co-ownership on the vein that you were discussing, do you think co-ownership of like a vacation home could be done with a technology like Fabrica powering the back end where maybe you have a few friends or you have a few family members that all want to come together, mm -hmm. own a beach house together? So let me say, technically, it would be extremely easy. 
like it's trivial to do it. The complexity is more in what does this fractional ownership entails and like what it means in terms. It's not just the ownership of a property. Uh, if you're looking at renting that property or it's in an Airbnb, all of a sudden you are generating an income. So it is not just your house. All of a sudden it's a small company with profits and costs and so on. So you're going toward a scenario where it's something that requires more structure. And a lot of other um, startups are, are focused on building exactly that. And we have like daily conversation with all of them. The interesting thing is that I think that if you think of, at the, of the NFT of the property as the title, you can take that and put into another instrument that allows you to create the shares. So for example, you could have the NFT owned by a DAO and the DAO could be the vehicle that you use to receive the income from the, your Airbnb guests and, and split those revenues across all the owners of the DAO and so on. The other big topic that it opens up is like, is this a security or not? And till the moment that you're talking about like a, a whole property, a house, and you're the only owner, or you own it with a few friends or your family, it is fine. It's probably not, it, it is fine. It's not a security and you're, you're safe. The moment we just start saying, hey, let's buy this building and we are like 5,000 people like chipping in to buy the building and we expect revenues and income and this is the business plan, that's clearly a security, which per se is nothing, there's nothing bad, of course, but it's a whole different a regulatory framework and a different way to offer uh, those tokens into the into the building. So we stay clear of that for now, okay. and we are focused on the on bringing the title and bridging the offline the off chain asset with the, with on chain. Do you think of yourself more as an infrastructure tool behind the scenes than an application? Would you say? Yes, absolutely. That's that's correct. So we are infrastructural tool and uh, of course that we had to build the first use cases as a demo buying and selling plots of land is basically our first use case and we used it as a demo but we are going toward a, a strategy where we are offering what we do as an infrastructure for others to build on top of it eventually i think we probably won't even have like a user-facing application necessarily. Uh, you will be using Compass or Zillow or Compound or MakerDAO with your house in it. And the connection between your house and the digital representation is going to be provided by us. Wow. So Fabrica is going to build the back end with NFTs and blockchain. The front-facing side, you guys do have a bit of a marketplace on your website today. But long term, you're going to really provide tools and infrastructure to other companies that have really succeeded in building that user-friendly front-facing website, front-facing application where people can buy and sell homes. And they're effectively going to be your customers. So a, a company like Zillow or Redfin or like some of these land flipping websites that you can find online, Rural Vacant Land is one that I've uh, looked at in the past, for instance. Essentially, they could be a customer of Fabrica's or partner with Fabrica and use your technology to grow their business, make real estate easier for, for their customers then. Yeah, correct. If you want to use a Web2 analogy, I think Stripe for real estate would be a good way to put it. You use Stripe on a daily basis through so many applications you don't even realize. Stripe is the infrastructure that allows all these companies to, to run payments. 
think of us as the company or protocol that allows a new class of application to enable real estate use cases. That makes sense. No, for sure. Stripe for real estate. I like that tagline. That kind of sounds uh, mm-hmm. good. <laughs> so back to um, on the topic of that co-ownership, if you have a few friends, maybe family members, it's okay. But once you start getting into large numbers of people owning a piece of property, say a large apartment building, a large office building in a big city, that would be considered commercial real estate. Do you think that's going to be a little more difficult? What do you think about maybe commercial real estate use cases for NFTs and blockchain? No, I think you will see shares into commercial buildings. There already are many companies doing it represented as shares or as tokens. Honestly, it's little difference. It's more about like the technology that you use. So you will see and there are ERC-20 of uh, investments in commercial real estate, for example. The thing that is different is how you can provide liquidity to those shares, who is allowed to emit those shares and offer it to the market and what are the rules to follow to do so. And I think that there will be different approaches and probably some companies will challenge a bit the the regulation. Other companies will adhere to the existing regulation 100%. And we are agnostic from that perspective. We bring in the title and then other companies are able to use it to create a regulated offering of securities with shares that are representing investment into that property. But it's on another layer from a from a tech standpoint and in the stack. Hearing you talk about that makes me think a little bit of a real estate investment trust. Mm-hmm. And like you said, then it, it starts maybe becoming a security. So it just gets a little more complicated. Yeah, it very much depends on like, what is the property? How many people are buying it? What's the intent? What's the reason to buy that property? What's the expectation from that property? There's nothing wrong in like in, in buying with some friends a, a property just to own it and use it. And of course, that's not a security. And then there's like the opposite scenario is like thousands of owners expecting profits. That's clearly security. In the middle, you have many, many shades of, of gray. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. It still blows my mind that I can go on your website, fabrica.land right now and in a few clicks, I could hypothetically <laughs> own a piece of land. That's very cool. <laughs> yeah, you can do again. You can do it directly on OpenSea if you want. You don't even have to go to our website. It's like our collection there, Fabrica Land. You can you can search for that, and on OpenSea you will see the properties, and you can buy it one from from there if you want. Even on OpenSea, okay. Mm-hmm. So thinking about the user's perspective, let's say I go to either OpenSea or Fabrica.land. Are there any risks? For the end user, I mean, we talked a little bit about title insurance, making sure there's no claims or, or liens on, on a property or anything the user should think about. First, uh, let's be clear. This is still highly experimental. <laughs> <laughs> that's, how you should, that's how you should see it. The way it works currently, like on OpenSea, we're doing the first experiments. So you can go there and buy a property, but I would highly recommend to look in details into the NFT. The interesting thing is that if you dig into the NFT, you will see that each one of our NFTs are rich of information about the property. So you will find the trust agreement, for example, which is the operating agreement of the trust that holds the property. And it also you'll also find connected to the NFT, the deed that is recorded at the county. 
So you will find the actual PDF signed, notarized, and stamped by the county that says that the property was granted into the trust. This is something that you can verify with a county if you want to be 100% sure that you're buying something that is connected to the actual title. So I think those things currently still require a good understanding of the system and understanding of how title works. And we're working to make it easier and simpler for people to just go there and really click and buy it in a safer way. So we're not going to provide insurance yet, or we're not going to provide insurance directly, but we're going to provide all information and like shortcuts to make you build your own understanding and point of view of like how risky it is or if it's like it is pretty safe. So uh, we're building all these instruments and oracles to uh, enable that kind of um, experience for the end user. Would it ever make sense for Fabrica to offer insurance as a service Hmm. to people using Fabrica for transactions? Totally. And we are licensed to sell title insurance, so we could do that. Uh, we are not licensed to underwrite our own policies, so we would rely on existing underwriters. So the usual suspects be like First American or Chicago Title or or Doma or, or others. Uh, down the road, we'll probably come a moment when we will offer something alternative to that or our own insurance product, but um, it's going to take some time. Have you have like you talked to any incumbents in the space about? this or thought about like huh how or how can we maybe work with them or think about forming a partnership model every single one of them these are interesting conversations they are looking at a space for sure and many of them have like initiatives to do something or observe and so on at the same time clearly they these are very extremely high profitable companies that don't want things to change too much so it's like the typical innovator dilemma we will they will try to keep things as they are as, as far as possible and they're getting ready to change model as soon as it's required but not one day earlier than that yeah you hear the word disruption thrown around in silicon valley right and blockchain in this industry could definitely be categorized as a quote-unquote disruptive technology so it'll be interesting kind of to see how it plays out as as someone that doesn't work in real estate i'm very interested in in seeing how the future kind of unfolds. Who do you think stands to benefit most from using this technology in real estate? Do you think it's the buyer side or the sell side or maybe someone else in, in, in the transaction? I think eventually everyone. Eventually it's, it's the owner. So the, the benefit is for the owner of, it, of the asset. So as a buyer, as a seller, everyone involved is going to benefit from from a modern design system to perform transactions and operations. And again, I think one, one very important thing to understand is that it's not just about the transaction. It's more about like how you own real estate and what you can do with it. Right. Sure, transactions are easy to, to see and understand, but think of what you do when you refinance your mortgage on your house or when you want to tap into the value of your house with, a, with an equity line or other, other instruments to get capital out of your asset. Every single time that you touch that, you go through title, 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 again, title insurance, title. So, and it all uses like the old rail model. 
Well, the moment that you have something represented as a digital asset and you own it as a digital asset, it's a, a revolution for the ownership and all that it, it allows you to do in a, in a new way. So imagine refinancing your mortgage instantly or getting out a, a credit line on MakerDAO using your house as a, as a collateral and instantly minting DAI out of your house, something like that. I think it's, it's going to be more important than, than, than the transactional space. I was talking about houses, but think about land. Again, let me go back to land. Land is very interesting since it's, a, as I said, it's a massive asset class. But if you own a plot of land that it's worth, let's say, $40,000, $50,000, it's not so easy to get a loan back by, by that. It's not like your house where you can get a mortgage and it's, it works very well in the U.S. That's not the same for land. You will not find easily a lender that is going to accept your land or, or a bank that will do it for just a 50K plot of land. While the moment that you digitize the asset and represent it as an NFT, the overheads linked to using that asset in a digital ecosystem are so low that all of a sudden it makes sense to use even a small plot of land and borrow against it. It can be like a $5,000 loan. It's fine. It's going to cost you like a few dollars and it's totally doable since there's no, the weight of the, and the overhead of a traditional process isn't there anymore. So that opens up an incredible amount of capital that is locked, stuck into those properties that are, People are sitting on billions of dollars that are not put to use and you can open it up. And that is true in the US and it's even more true abroad where you have like land in developing countries that cannot be used as collateral and could open up the economy of those, of those countries too. Wow. So using equity in a house, a piece of land, any sort of real estate in creative ways as a financial mm-hmm to take a loan out or any number of things like you mentioned. I mean, people, it can be done as creatively as people get as application builders get with this technology. Yes, with a big asterisk, which is like, be careful. Uh, We all as a society have harshly realized how dangerous that can turn out. And remember that, especially when there are houses involved, there are reasons why there's regulation and you want to be very careful about what you do. So I wouldn't degen too much about your house and like go long on like some crazy token <laughs> using your house <laughs> as, as, a, a call, as a collateral or leverage it and so on. So that is where things get complicated and have to be approached with the right steps. Let's put it this way. Right. You very carefully. And there is that option or some people that, may want to use it that way can get creative with yeah and when you are in a bull market everything looks super cool oh my god we're going to the moon let's put in my house and see how much i get out of it and then like two months later like the prices crashes and you don't have a house anymore so be careful and and that's why that's another reason why we started from land since it allows us to understand better all implications and and build for for the future and residential space with more understanding and knowledge about how to handle complex scenarios. Is there anything that you've learned that surprised you since starting Fabrica and going through many land transactions already? Anything that maybe you weren't expecting or insights? Look, so many things, honestly. I mean, we 
we learned so much. I mean, by looking at other countries and like how the title systems in works in, in every single different country and like why they're good or bad or looking at the transactions here in the US. I was honestly very surprised by the by this active market of land flippers buying and people buying and selling land and what they use it for. So the first question that I that I had when I encountered this space was like, why does do these people buy the land? And you will discover so many use cases that go from like, yes, I want to plant trees on it and like wait for them to grow and then sell the wood or, or timber. Or I just want to go there and put an RV and chill. Or I'm gonna use it for farming or it's gonna be used as a shooting range, or I I want to just buy some land to protect it and, and preserve the land and the, the forestry and so on. So there, there are so many use cases and it was like, wow, that's pretty incredible. But there's like a very active market with millions of transactions every year in the US. The other interesting thing is that the value of those transactions, it is lower than people expect. So when you think of real estate, again, you typically think about residential and commercial, but the most of the transactions in the land segment are below $60,000 in value, which is it's pretty low. So it's very affordable in many cases. And it's, it is an interesting, interesting asset class to own as well. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Hearing just the by value, the percentage of the real estate market that land makes <laughs> up. I want to jump over to a couple blockchain related questions. Um, mm-hmm. You guys are built on the Ethereum blockchain, right? Using ERC-721 standard. Do you think at all about other blockchains that offer NFTs, such as like Solana, Tezos, something like that, or even the layer two rollups on Ethereum where transaction fees are significantly lower than Ethereum mainnet? We are on Ethereum and I think we'll be there for a long time. (laughs) And the reason being that the main value that I see is not really having cheaper transaction. Remember that the the benchmark there are like title companies, both in terms of speed and, and cost. So honestly, the gas on Ethereum is is it makes me laugh when I, we compare it to thousands of dollars that you pay to transfer a plot of land traditionally. No? So it's negligible compared to, to that. So gas price is not an issue. What I think it's very important as a value of what Ethereum's provide us is the ability to plug into a, a large ecosystem of several applications. So I think that we will follow, in a sense, the larger ecosystem that is available. Currently, that's Ethereum. Level two would work well. So we have looked at some options there. Which one? For... <laughs> I mean, the usual suspects, <laughs> okay, uh, basically uh, on Matic. That's what, what I was thinking. Um, yeah, Polygon, Matic. Okay. Yeah, Polygon. But at the same time, the question is like, is it worth going on a level two, given that the user experience is going to be less, it's going it, to, currently it has some friction to go on on Polygon or other uh, solutions. And the benefits that we would get are not so big. That doesn't mean that I'm excluding it at all. Uh, The other thing that I want to say is that that is important for us is that we do record at a local county recorder, the blockchain and a smart contract address where your property is. So that means that if you want to switch from one chain to another, that requires quite some work in the 
and literally recording a new document at the county. So it's quite a, an effort to switch in that sense. So these are like the, I'm like sharing like my, my the snapshot of my current view. Okay. Uh, I might, we might change idea in one year if like something comes up and, and we say, oh, that's very powerful and gives us a larger ecosystem. Happy to change. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I think the reason that you laid out is a similar reason to what we've heard other people say for why their app or platform is heavily leveraging the Ethereum ecosystem. And that's because a lot of the developers are there. A lot of people are building in that space. That technology seems to be mature enough to be ready for a lot of developer tooling is great. So apps are going to spring up there sooner than maybe other places. So yeah, very insightful. Thanks for, for covering that. <laughs> yeah. Fede, uh, any other questions maybe that you'd like to cover or any topics that I missed? I would say that one, one important thing is that clearly we're addressing not just the tech aspects of all that, but the legal side of things. And I think that we, people very frequently underestimate what that means for real estate. So we're seeing a lot of companies, and that's very good, that are like starting to look at like, oh, let's bring real estate on chain. Why? Why no one thought of it? Like it was like, yeah. And then they start looking into it and, and realize that that's much harder than, than what it looks. And that's very interesting. And so I, I think that's a big moat for us and a big know-how that we've built in, internally. And my advice for those companies would be don't try to build yet another we take care of everything platform but let's talk with us and we're gonna provide you all the tools that you need to build your startup and the use case and that you want to develop and and build for the end users and we can take care of all that complexity that we have solved over the past few years and only just getting the licenses and and talking with regulators and so on something that takes years so don't get into that complexity leave it to us and we can build something beautiful together. So I think that's the that's my message. And other than that, I'm curious to hear what you think about what we're building and like what are your, your thoughts there? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you for that. And thank you for kind of explaining that. I think what one thing that you just said really resonated with me, the fact that what you've built now has created a bit of a moat because it's not an easy industry to jump into. NFTs, in the real estate business. So what you guys have done, you kind of have given other companies that are already in real estate the opportunity to come work with you guys, use what you've built, use the tools that you've built, and then expand to say residential or or another segment of the real estate market or offering some other service in the greater real estate market. Or another country. Or another another country, right. Um, they don't necessarily need to try and be this all service platform. Yeah. Um, you know, use what you've already built, partner with Fabrica and, you know, build something that's going to make the lives of people like me that want to buy a house someday a lot easier and, you know, just better. <laughs> so I love it. And uh, looking at your website and some of the properties on OpenSea, I'm definitely <laughs> tempted to just. <laughs> click buy, but I'm, t- I might question myself. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe someone else in the, in the, in the audience will do it. So we're looking forward to help you there. Yes. Fabrica.land. Um, Fede, where can people go to learn more about you, about Fabrica and some of the exciting stuff you're working on? Well, I think the easiest tools are like 
usual channel. So follow us on Twitter at Fabricaland. You can follow me at Fedepo. And that's where where most of the action is now. And like where we we're gonna announce a few things very, very soon. Exciting. Well, I will definitely keep an eye out for those announcements. Really enjoy the conversation. Thank you for jumping in. It was awesome. Loved hearing. Likewise. You. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it a lot, really. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool use case that uh, is, is unique and different. Great. Thank you so much. Talk soon. All right, Fede. Take care. <laughs> Bye.